even though that may not be the best move right now. I messed up so bad last time. Hold on, let me make sure this is gonna play my... I wanna make sure all the audio is set after last time's debacle. So it was a debacle. It was a debacle, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay, so now I wanna go to Twitter. Twitter twatter, pitter patter, jingle jangle. There was this guy named Peter Nepland when I did poetry in Austin and he'd come to the poetry slam. He's such a nice guy. And he, his poems, the rhyming was just so distinct in a league of its own. He'd go, the jingle jangle, bingle bangle, pringle prangle, jingle jangle. Okay, where do I need to go? Yeah, I need to be more over here. A jingle jangle, bingle bangle. Let me thy out. Bingle bangle. Okay, this has to be mute. Thy out. How do I mute it? Go live. Okay, I think I did mute it. It's muted. It's muted. That's my Valerie Cherish. Jane. Jane. Okay, so I'm about to start a podcast. This time I have audio. But I have to go into my... First, I have to go to my Twitter. My Twitter twatters. And... Get the link so I can put it in my Facebook groups. It's very, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing that we have to do on the Reagan Fox podcast. Okay. Mystery seeds are showing up in the mailbox. I would like a mystery seed if you know what I mean. Why does everything have to be disgusting with me? Why does everything have to be sexual? You know? Okay, now I have to... It moves so slow with OBS. I know I'm a broken record. Oh, I have to talk about my 23andMe's, too. There's so much stuff I have to talk about. So much stuff. So hold on, let me put it... Live. See, I'm clicking on it. It's not even letting me type because that's how slow things are with OBS. live show now I'm gonna put just want all of that why did it erase the part where I said live show okay let's see I uh, this is very Madge Weinstein of me because I'm spending the first however long I've been recording Eight hours? What is it? How long? Who knows? A long time. I'm just spending that. Here's my Facebook group, by the way, if you're watching live on Twitter. It's called Fox in the City, the Foxhole, a fan group for Reagan Fox's podcast. But I do have to also go into... I should... You know what? I should do that one over on this computer because who knows what's going to pop up on the screen if I... You know, none of this comes, it's just, it takes too long. And it's not content. It's not content to just complain about how long Windows take to show up on my computer when I use OBS. It's not content. Okay, so the golden circle. I have to notify those ladies and then I'm ready to go. And then she's ready and raring to go. Then I can actually start. But you know what? While we're waiting, why don't we listen to some Rocky Horror Picture Show? Okay. You may have trouble hearing this if you're watching live, but on the podcast, they'll hear it loud and clear. Michael Rainey was built the day the earth stood still, but he, but he showed us 
we'll stand on our feet and flash cording with their silver Reigns with the invisible man. Never saw him. Then something went wrong. With a ray in King Kong, they got caught in a sensual jam. 69. It came from outer space. And this is how the message ran. And sucking on Brad and Janet. And the late night double feature Rocky Horror Picture Show. such a jam. I just love, I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I do. I do. I do. I do. That's my Valerie Cherish slash Gandhi, but you probably don't know who Gandhi is unless you're part of a select group. It is a, as they say in um, The Death Becomes Her, it is a um, very select group. And then Meryl Streep goes, Ugh, weirdo, and type, and um, tears up his card. Okay, so Last week, again, I have to apologize because you should have had another podcast by now. But what happened was last weekend, I was very excited to do a show. I got on Twitter. I went on my OBS, which slows everything down. I podcasted for an hour. And people were sending me Facebook messages. So I heard the little ding, ding, ding. But I was like, I'm doing a show. And what people were trying to tell me is that my audio wasn't working. They could hear when I played clips, clips, but they couldn't hear me when I was speaking. So I was so, you know, when you get so frustrated because you're like, I just did, I just poured my heart out in the show and I had so many good bits and it was so entertaining. It would have been my Tony, my Emmy, my EGOT, my Grammy for best spoken word. And now it's gone. And and it's almost like when you are putting together a piece of Ikea furniture and you say, yeah, I got it. I don't need the instructions. And you realize just as you're putting the last piece into place that you've put it all on backwards and you're going to have to undo it and then redo it again. That's ex- it's, that is the perfect metaphor for what happened to me. So I was very I just didn't want to do it again I didn't want to do it again but I'm, I'm back now I'm back I'm not going to say I'm back and I'm better than ever because that's not true and the reason why is because as you know I've been nooming and I weigh 165 pounds now I weighed 175 right before I started nooming and I've been only nooming for today's day 28 and I went on my Facebook last night and I was all high and mighty and proud and I said let me tell you something this isn't just about losing weight this is a it's a nutritional enlightenment for me and I mentioned in bullet points because there's always a wall of text when I write something on Facebook I can never just write a sentence it has to be paragraphs and paragraphs there are chapters to my Facebook post so I said here here's a bullet list of things that I really like about Zoom. And I talked about how since I've changed my diet, how I've, I've struggled with IBS, which is horrible. It's the worst disease to have if you are a bottom like me. But it, that's my truth. It's my reality. I'm a bottom in his mid-40s. I'm a sissy. I have super long hair. 
and I'm single. So, any takers? And it, it at any rate, the Noom has helped me with my IBS. It's it's helped me be more regular. So my duties are are they happen on a regular schedule and they're solid. They're not as liquidy. And I know this is TMI. I know it's TMI. But the point is, is after I did this very boastful brag, humble brag, not a boastful brag, it was humble brag, it was humble brag, about how great my bowels are, how great my digestive system is. And it's so much better than yours if you're reading this because you're not on Noom. Well, then all day today I've had diarrhea. I don't know if I had a bad carrot I don't know if it's because I cut up some strawberries and then maybe waited a little bit too late to eat them. I don't know what it was. I don't know, frankly, but I have to keep it diarrheal. I'm keeping it 100% diarrheal with all of you. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been on the toilet today and I thought today would be the perfect day to do my podcast because what else am I going to do? I've been cleaning I've been cleaning everything out lately, not just my bowels, but my, my computer hard drive. I have a one terabyte fusion drive, if any of you know what that means. It means it's half SSD and half half um, uh, hard drive, like a typical spinning hard drive. And so it's like intersects in a way when it comes to drives. And I had like 950 gigabytes of that used. And so last week I cleared out, I had diarrhea of the computer and I cleared out 500 gigabytes of space and put it all on these, these external drives. And it took a really long time to do all of that because all the media you take, it's not like you can just put it in a drawer, right? No, you have to put it on a hard drive, then you have to make a copy, a backup copy of that external hard drive. It's a lot of work. Even for a bottom, it's a lot of work. I feel like bottoms always have to do so much work, but that's a topic for another show. Okay, um, other exciting news that's happened before I get on to more political stuff is I spit into a test tube and it was not the test tube that I was born in. Hold on, this theme music will go with it, right? I knew Leo G. Carroll was over a barrel when Tarantula took to the hills. And I really got, got hot when I saw Jeanette Scott. Okay, I don't even know if that's her name, but... um. You know how if you don't 100% know the lyrics, you just kind of approximate. That's what I was doing. So I spit into a test tube. Um, I removed the baby. I spit in the test tube. I sent it to 23andMe's. And then 23andMe's got back to me. And I got all of my results in. And there was, I recommend doing this. And I didn't know, but if you have an EDU email, you can get half off. So I got my genetic testing done for my family. At, like who who are my relatives and then I got traits and health done but I got it all done for a hundred dollars when it would have normally been two hundred dollars and there was some surprising stuff there first I'm going to talk about my health traits I thought that I was definitely going to be genetically predisposed to getting Alzheimer's because my father had Alzheimer's and my both of my maternal grandparents had Alzheimer's but According to their genetic testing, I am not genetically predisposed to that. I am, however, genetically predisposed to type 2 diabetes. I don't want to brag, but it's true. So it's good that I'm on the Noom diet, even if it's uh, making me... Because I have to stop consuming as much sugar as I normally do. Now I just have a kind bar every other day and 12 M&Ms every other day. And that's how I get my sweet fix. That's true. And then the other surprising stuff that I found out was that, okay, so I am half Jewish. So, so I knew that. Um, my father was Jewish and both of his parents were Jewish and they're called something like Azakanesh Jewish or something. I'm not pronouncing that right. I don't know the fancy Jewish way of saying it. And if it sounded anything like what my father would pronounce words, it would be 
and but and then I'm a quarter French which kind of makes sense because I am drawn to French and that people whenever I took French in college and in high school my teachers would always say oh you have a really good accent I'd say oh merci merci beaucoup and what else I'm also a quarter British which that that makes sense as well because my last or my middle name is Cooper and that's a family name and Cooper is a British name so there you go but the shocking part is is that my father who was born in 1920 had a sister that sounded like into the woods you had a sister but the witch refused to tell him anything more of his sister, not even that her name was Rapunzel. No, her name was Anna. My father never told us about Anna. My father also made it seem like he never knew his father. But I dug up into ancestry databases and found the 1930 census. And in the 1930 census, the head of household is my grandfather, Abraham. His wife, Rose, who was my grandmother, my father, who was 10, and their daughter named Anna, who was five. And then fast forward to the 1940 census, and Abraham and Anna are no longer there. So I think that's very, very odd. I don't know if they both passed away. I don't, it, it couldn't have been World War II because America didn't get involved into World War II until after. 1940. So I don't know if it was an illness. I don't know if it was like a um, like a situation where, uh, like a lifetime movie where Abraham had women all over the United States and decided to take Anna and, and, and go to some mansion in California and live with his sugar mama. I don't know the details, but I did find it very, very interesting. 23 and me. So I, I've been working on my family tree. It's very funny because on, on 23andMe, it, it's like a lot of other social networks where you have an option if you see that you're genetically connected to somebody like a second cousin or a first cousin once removed or whatever. You can send them an option where you send them kind of like a friend request, but then you can also remove somebody from your family tree, which I found amazing because that's like, you know how if somebody unfriends you? This just takes it to the next level. Like, I don't like you at all. I'm removing you from my family tree. Uh, goodbye. So I liked that. I liked that. I liked that. I liked that. <sighs> okay. So the next thing that I want to talk about is my um, OCD and hand washing. Okay. So you know how they say that you need to wash your hand for 20 seconds and the way that you can measure that is by standing at the faucet and singing the birthday song twice. So I take that seriously, but I like, I'm an overachiever, so I like to do the birthday song three times. And then what makes it worse is because even though I can't sing, which by the way, my 23andMe trade analysis said that I'm, um, I'm not good with pitches. And I was like, exactly, I'm not good with pitches. And, uh, but I do like music and so I've been a lot of the music that gets stuck in my ear is music that is jingles from car commercials or AstraZeneca commercials or stuff like that so there's you know how like every city has a place where you go to buy cars like a suburb or two and that's where all of the car dealerships are well in Los Angeles one of the places in the Los Angeles metropolitan area is called Van Nuys, and they have a lot of car dealerships in Van Nuys, and one of the car dealerships they have is called Keys, K-E-Y-S, and uh, the, the, the song from the commercial that gets stuck in my head is Keys, 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 Keys on Van Nuys, Keys, 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 Keys on Van Nuys. So I, for whatever reason, and it's, it's, it happens on a subconscious level where I'm washing my hands doing the birthday song and I literally have to sing it out loud. It can't just be in my head. 
I go, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Bozies, happy birthday to you, hap 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 happy birthday, hap 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 happy birthday, keys 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 on the nice, keys 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 on the nice, so I st- like Bob Rain goes in there as well. I, I don't know what it is. It's I like to riff, I guess. I do the same thing whenever I call friends on the answering machine. I can never just be like, hey, it's Reagan, give me a call. Or, or really, you don't even have to do that in today's age. I get annoyed when people leave a message on my machine. Not It's not even a machine. You know what I'm saying. Like my mom, my mom is so excessive with it. My mom will call leave a message and then text me to tell me that I didn't pick up the phone and that she left a voicemail. I'm like, this is way too much, mom. I don't even need, I look down and I can see that you called because my phone tells me missed call from my mom. Okay. But I shouldn't be hard on her right now because she's in the hospital right now. She had to have surgery. She, um, had an abortion today at noon no she didn't <laughs> my mom's in her 70s it was a cryptic pregnancy it's a very 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 late in life child for my mom and she just wasn't she didn't feel like she was mature enough to have the responsibility of having a child so she decided to terminate the pregnancy and it's her body and her choice but she refused to wear a mask in the abortion factory. It's not a factory. Hospital. Clinic. Whatever it's called. I'm kidding. My mom fell, as older people do, and she hurt her shoulder. And so that's why she got surgery. Although, so she says, I don't know if I've ever told this story to people in podcast format, but my mom used to live in this house and she was probably in her 50s when this happened and the house had one of those not a spiral staircase but a staircase that fanned out and it was just dangerous there were so many times where i would be going down the staircase and i'd almost fall and it it was just like a death becomes her that's what it was very similar to the death becomes her staircase except it wasn't marble on the stairs You're a boozy, flaccid clown. And so I was in college and my mom said, "Um, Reagan, I fell down the stairs. And I was horrified. I was horrified. Imagine your mom tells you she falls downstairs like that. And so she came to Austin a month later. We were out to eat at a steak restaurant called Sullivan's. It's very expensive. You couldn't afford it. And... I see that my mom's face is swollen from the fall and you know it's just like she still had like sores but then she like moved her hair on the other side and I'm like you have sores on the exact same place on the other side it's like you had a facelift and you told me you fell down the stairs that is not cool a facelift I I have less sympathy for that somebody who falls down their death becomes her stairs, Madeline Ashton. So with my mom, I wouldn't be surprised if her surgery might be a little maintenance. But who knows? And if it is, I'm not judging. Good for her. I'm just, what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to communicate right now is that I don't trust my mom when she tells me that she has been in the hospital for something serious. Okay, right now, I just want to take a small little gander over to At Home with Amy Sedaris, the Instagram page, so we can listen to a few clips from this show, because tonight is the finale, and I'm so sad because it's lockdown, and I have so few treats during lockdown, and I look forward to this show every Wednesday, and I honestly don't know what I'm going to do when it goes away. I don't know. I just don't know. But one of my favorite characters 
on At Home with Amy Sedaris, and I don't think I've played a clip from him before, is this guy named Russell, Russell Schnabel. And Russell Schnabel, they, they live in an area called the Research Triangle, <laughs> and he is the theater director for the Research Triangle, but he only puts on one-person shows. And he, it, the guy who plays him is so funny. They always dress him in clothes that, like, a toddler from the 1970s would wear. And so here's a clip that when I saw this, I... I prolapsed. Uh, I I had a uterine prolapse. It all came out because I was laughing so hard. Hi there. Hello, Amy. Oh, I like your caveman vest. <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you. So, Rosie, you're going to show my viewers your process for tapping into your inner well. Yes, but before we do that, I wanted to give you a flyer <laughs> okay. for my new woman show. Oh. Uh, it's called Glen Gary Glen John Glen, and it's an original <laughs> retelling of a real estate agency that sells space stations. Oh, that so sounds. It is. It is, Amy. Uh, can I put you down for two? Maybe one for you? I don't know, one for your agent. Well, I don't really see any dates on it. Well, that's because there are no set dates, Amy. I'll do the show whenever you're available. I just need three hours notice, do in a pinch. Okay, I'll let you know. <laughs> and I'm going to need that back, actually. Oh. I don't have the funds to make copies right now, so this is the only one we're circulating at this time. Got it. He's so funny at this time i love that um i'm doing a one-man show called glen gary glen john glen <laughs> that is so hilarious. whoever wrote that is a genius and russell has really grown on me this season he's probably my favorite i mean i do love chassie tucker too who's played by cola scola who is a genius by the way, Cola Scola is so smart. Okay, so two of my other favorite characters are Estelle, or no, I'm getting their names wrong. Um, the ladies, the lady who lives in the woods. The lady who lives in the woods. Okay, and, and when we listen to this, just listen to all of her ideas for items that you can make that you can find in the woods, okay? Because it's, I think this is very funny as well. Inspiration. I've gathered random items from nature and I'll let them lead me on a road of discovery. Let's see. Oh, this barn owl pellet would make a nice brooch. This pine cone could be a brooch. Brooch, brooch. Get in here, Esther, you're missing out. Why don't you pick something you see that inspires you? It could be anything, this twig, these grasses, or even the person holding the bowl. Oh. How about that wooden bowl? Really? The bowl? You want to explain that, Esther? It's smooth, it's not judgmental, and it doesn't brush its teeth with coriander seeds. That's too bad. We're close to some great discovery, but maybe next time. <laughs> I love the thing on the door falling over. Brooch. A bro oh, this would make a good brooch. This would make a good brooch. I think that's gonna have to go into my regular rotation. It's a brooch. I can see this being a brooch. Okay, what else did I want to talk about? Okay, so now just about some stuff in the news right now. There is a baseball player. Okay, and here's his name. His name is well, hold on. You know what? I don't want to give it away just yet because basically, you know, all the sports organizations now are encouraging their players to kneel during the national anthem in solidarity with Black Lives Matters, right? Or Black Lives Matter. I always mess that up. I'm like my Jewish stepmother who's like, let's go to Sam Club or Walmarts. I'm like, no, it's Sam's or Walmart. Black Lives Matter, not Black Lives Matters. Black Lives Matter. So at any rate, there's this one guy who's a pitcher. I don't know what team he's on because I don't keep up with baseball. But he refuses to kneel. And his excuse is that he is a Christian and he's only allowed to kneel at Christ's altar. Okay. And listen to his name. His name is Sam Coonrod. Okay? Sam Coonrod. He just, that type of name just sounds like the, t 
type of person who would be like that, right? I mean, it just sounds like such a hickey name. But here he is. Here's a picture of him. I think he's ridiculous. How is it anti-Christian to not want black people to get lynched? Riddle me that, okay? I don't understand him with his ridiculous name. Now, look at this picture of him, though. I will say his pecs look really good in this picture. I like how the nipple is firm and can cut ice. Uh, That picture is very hot. But then, oh, I guess, does he play for the Giants? I don't know. Okay, less cute in these pictures. Less cute in these pictures. I don't like it, though, when people try to say that their racism or their homophobia or whatever. Here, look. Here's a picture of him. There's a picture of him standing up while all of his teammates are kneeling in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. There he is. I just think it's ridiculous to say I'm bow I can only bow at Christ's altar. So when you got married, did you not kneel? I'm sorry, honey, I can't kneel. I can't I, unless you're Christ, I only kneel for men, a guy named Christ. I just don't like that. I just think it's it's gross and I'm not into it. Um now something I wanted to say is it kind of in relation to this kind of in relation to this, but on a, on a broader level, I am proud that people on the left, and I consider myself on the left, that they're not as easily baited as they were a year ago, and definitely not as easily baited as they were three years ago. This Trump presidency has really hardened a lot of people on the left. And what I mean by that is that, let's take this, um, Sam Coonrod thing. The media posts a picture of him standing, and it's not all over the news, and people aren't losing their shit over it. Like, I'm I'm saying it only because to highlight, because I'm morally superior, and I can do it. I can if I want to. No, um, maybe, let, let, let's go with something else. The Goya bean controversy. So the Goya bean controversy is the Goya company donated money to the Trump campaign, and there's a fundamental irony in doing that because the Trump administration has been so horrible to people who have brown bodies, and especially south of the United States border, right, with its immigration policies and the way that he characterizes uh, people from Mexico and talks about them. It's bad. And so that created some outrage, right? Like, what the hell, Goya? Like, what are you doing? So people said, I'm not going to buy Goya beans. I'm not buying Goya beans. I didn't to begin with, but I'm not going to buy them even more now. And so in response, Trump has a picture of himself holding Goya beans with like thumbs up. And then Ivanka Trump is like posing with Goya beans with a big smile, like, yay, Goya beans, we're doubling down, Goya beans are so great. And the intention is to outrage people on the left. And nobody went with it. People were just like, really? Is that is that all you got? You're posting pictures of... Because remember when people would lose their mind when Sarah Palin, who is awful, went to... Chick-fil-A and was like, yeah, this is good. And people were like, what the hell are you doing? This is horrible. You can't do this. And it's just all of this outrage, right? And I get why people don't want to support that chicken place. I don't go because the food is disgusting. I I don't understand people. But they have waffle fries, okay? But they're gross. They're not good. And so it was easy for me to boycott Chick-fil-A because I never went there to begin with. But... Instead of getting really upset and and being like, I'm just so offended by you, Ivanka. I'm so disappointed in you and virtue signaling and all of that stuff. Instead, they, they took pictures of, they took the picture and they removed, digitally removed the can of Goya that she was holding and replaced it with big dildos. And I think that is a sign of growth. I know most people wouldn't. I know that when I talked about sex all the time, as a 
13 year old my child psychologist thought that that was a reason to go to a behavioral hospital but i think in this case superimposing dildos over cans of goya is actually a sign of growth not of regression not of behavioral problems but of growth because i that's a better place to be once you start putting kids in cages okay it's very hard to incite outrage just by holding the can of beans and so people aren't people on the left are my, my, my point and i do have one is they're not as easily baited over stuff that really is just kind of like really really okay so i just wanted to put that out there and now you know now you know my stance on it uh let's see what else is going on i have notes see all these notes i, I actually have notes okay i've already talked about sam coonrod <laughs> Um, I've talked about my mom having an abortion. I've talked about uh, person, woman, man, camera, TV, person, woman, man, camera, TV, person, woman, man, camera, TV. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're crazy. Because that's what Trump was trying to explain to a reporter that he, he has mental acuity. That they basically, I guess, made him take an Alzheimer's test and... and they said, okay, I'm going to tell you something and remember the order. It's person, woman, man, camera, TV. And so they said, okay, what did I just say? And he said, well, you, you said person, woman, man, camera, TV. And now he thinks it's more signs that he's a genius. And he started talking about how he got bonus credit for that, which isn't even a thing for a, a mental acumen test. But whatever, person, woman, man, camera, TV. And then you, they come back 20 minutes later and they say, remember that order? Can you say it again? It's like, yeah, person, woman, man, camera, TV. I, get, I got bonus points for that as well. 20 minutes later. Not a lot of people can do that. I can't do... My friend Robert can do his voice so well. I think I would podcast more if I could do a Trump impersonation. I would. I would. But I can't. I can't do it. Uh, so Big Brother All-Stars is about to happen, and I have to tell you, I'm very uninspired by the casting choices. Of course, of course, there's a degree of jealousy there, because of course I would like to play again. I doubt that I would be able to logistically, because they're starting a lot later, and I have to teach in the fall. I have responsibilities. I'm not like these um, other reality people who are, I'm a cocktail waiter. Oh, I might lose my job. What will I do? Like, my job is a little bit more serious than that. And so I probably wouldn't be able to do it, but it would have been nice to been asked. Not even saying that I'm deserving to come back. I'm just telling you emotionally how I feel. It doesn't have to rationally make sense. I'm not saying that I did anything on my season where it was like, oh my gosh, like I, w I should have been such a shoo-in. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying on an emotional level. You see, it, because I, Big Brother was like going to summer camp, like such a fun summer camp where they had all these ridiculous water slides and activities and it was fun and you got into arguments with some people, but you loved other people and you, even the people you didn't like, you walk away and you're friends for life because of it, right? And so you want to replicate that experience, especially when you're a middle-aged sissy bottom with long hair like me. And so I'm not going to get to do that, unfortunately, for the COVID edition of Big Brother. But the thing that really got me was in the leaked cast list, there wasn't one gay person who was asked to come back. And that really makes me mad because now with this season... Um, Big Brother will have brought players back 45 times. 45 different players have been brought back. Our players have been brought back 45 times. And a gay man has only been brought back once. And that really annoys me for a lot of different reasons. Number one, gay men have brought that show so much. They really have done a, 
a lot for that show. And to get paid back with only one person out of 45 that you bring back, it's just disrespectful and it's gross. And and gay men had to deal with so much on that show. I've said it in a previous podcast that the bread and butter of that show, the, the driving narrative of that show is always a showmance. It's two people who fall in love on the show and and if if you're a part of a showmance and you get back, brought back for additional seasons, uh, you get to do The Amazing Race, you get to be on The Bold and the Beautiful, you get all of these opportunities, right? But when you only cast one gay person, each season, one gay man, there's no opportunity for that person to even entertain a showman. So it's like, um, it's tokenizing for the gay person because you're allowed to be on the show and be gay, but you can never go gay, right? So it's this hollow tip of the hat to inclusivity without ever having to tarnish their family show reputation. And I don't like that. And, And time after time, gay people get depicted as this stumbling block or this obstacle that straight showmances have to overcome on their way to victory. And if the showmance is not victorious, then they get invited back over and over again until they are victorious, either on Big Brother or The Amazing Race or whatever. So I don't like it. I don't like it. The friends, we don't get friends and family packages. I mean, we're just, gay people are treated as disposable on that show. And that is um, insufferable to me. I, I, I've, I just really don't like it. And then a lot of the people who are in the cast, I'm like, is that person really like an all-star? Are they really? And so I did a tweet the other day and I, I compared it to, okay, yeah, for the Friends reunion, the big all-star reunion, we're not going to have, we're going to have all your favorites. We're going to have Janice. We're going to have Gunther. We're going to have Estelle, Joey's agent. We're going to have um, that that woman that Ross married, Emily, the British one, you know, the fan favorite, because that's what it feels like to me. It's what it feels like to me. I just, I, I can't get on board with it. I wouldn't have watched the season any way. I mean, depending on who was on it, maybe I would. I mean, some of these people, just to give you an idea, some of these people are being brought back. This will be their fourth time to play Big Brother. Like, oh, I can't wait to see what this person is going to do their fourth time back. They're really going to bring something new and unexpected. Give some other people a shot. Instead of, like, an all-star season, why not have an interesting personality season where you're bringing back people who were really big personalities on the show, regardless of how they did? Like, there was this character named... Not character, I mean, he's a person. That's kind of dehumanizing to just call him a character. Like, Ronnie, from the season before mine, who played again not played he's kind of like a geeky guy one of the ways that he got on the show was he was able to recite every single person who had ever played big brother in the first 10 seasons and the order in which every single person got eliminated from the game sorry now my eyes have traveled down i'm looking at this butt i'm looking at this butt attention deficit disorder but only when it comes to men's jocular bodies okay i should you know what i'm just gonna back to Rocky Horror Lips. So he would be a great person. The season before Ronnie's, they had a woman named Rennie basically bring back, I want a season where everybody with the first name that begins with R gets brought back. Ronnie, Rennie, Reagan. Okay? Uh, Rennie was, or is, uh, a older woman, and I say that in relation to the other people who are cast on Big Brother. Big Brother's primarily, like, in their 20s, and I think Rennie was probably um, in her 40s when she did the show. And uh, uh, maybe even maybe even early 50s. I, I, I don't know. But she was probably my all-time favorite Big Brother player. She had such a big personality. She she was from New Orleans. She wasn't like the typical person that you have on the show. And for All-Stars, they're bringing back the person who won my season named Hayden, who's an excellent player, but I'm just going to say it, doesn't have the biggest personality. He He doesn't bring much to the show in terms of personality which is not to say he doesn't have a personality he's such a nice guy he's a good guy i like him a lot 
but you're not going to get any big moments with him. And then they have somebody on the show, I don't know what his name is, but he looks just like Hayden. They're basically bringing three Haydens back for this season. The Hayden and the Haydens they cloned in the CBS laboratories. I, I mean, it's like, why those choices over other people? But that's just my take. And, and some of it, I'm not denying, some of it may be sour grapes and jealousy. I'm sure that that plays a hand in it, right? I, maybe if I was on the show, I would be like, Hayden, Hayden, Hayden 2 and Hayden 3, I'm so happy. You all deserve, don't we all deserve to be here, right? But that's not the case. So I get to, as somebody who's, and then somebody, and then, sorry, I have other things to talk about, but. I'm just on a roll right now. Then some woman goes to my Twitter and was like, basically trying to shame me for having an opinion about all of this. Like, I'm not allowed to have an opinion. As somebody who used to be on the show, I'm not allowed to have an opinion. As somebody who's written a book about Big Brother... I'm not allowed, and not like the pamphlets that other Big Brother players have self-published. Like, I've written an actual book that's published by a reputable publisher. I'm allowed to have an opinion about these things. Okay, but now I'm going to stop complaining because I just sound like a sour, bitter bottom. And that's probably why I just never get to have sex. Okay, what else is going on? Taylor Swift's album is out. It is called Folklore. And I'm into it. I just listened to it. See, a week ago when I was filming this, this was one of the topics I discussed, and I had not listened to it yet, and I admitted that. But I listened to it while I was washing my hair, and I really enjoy it. And, and I couldn't help but think about this folklore album which is just kind of taylor swift stripped down it's not her trying to be too poppy or anything like that it's it's kind of like the name implies it's kind of folky and i was comparing it to lady gaga's album chromatica which i listened to once and was kind of like Meh. there's just something about lady gaga to me that she just seems like such a tryhard. And in terms of who is the better singer, I think that Gaga has more natural talent singing-wise. She's a stronger voice than Taylor Swift. But Taylor, just her music is a lot less effortless or more effortless. It's It feels effortless. You know what it is? Here's the comparison that I'll make. If you've ever watched Project Runway, sometimes somebody will have worked so hard on some garment, right? And Tim Gunn and Nina Garcia, who I love Nina Garcia, they'll look at it and they'll just say, this looks so tortured. And what they mean by that is you just worked so hard on it and you can just see all of that work. There's a, a, a term from the Italian Renaissance called sprezzatura. And sprezzatura is the idea that you take something that took a lot of work and you make it seem effortless, right? And that is what Taylor Swift is for me. Taylor Swift exhibits sprezzatura, especially on this new folklore album. And Gaga is just the designer on Project Runway who, bless her heart, she is working and you can just see. I mean, even her documentary, Five Foot Two or whatever it was called on Netflix, the entire thing, she's just like, oh God, I had to get massages because everything on my body hurts and I don't know if I have endometriosis or what, but everything hurts. I've had so much pain. You know, every, she, she is just tortured and I just feel like and not to delegitimize her pain. Because I understand what it's like to have pain. To have pain. Eventually killing him. Do a lot of the people die of syphilis? Oh, absolutely. Historically, syphilis is right up there with Germans. It wiped <laughs> out the Romanovs. It decimated our fleet at Pearl Harbor. And of course, Fidel Castro impersonated Marilyn Monroe and gave President Kennedy a case of syphilis so severe that eventually it blew the back of his head off. 
<laughs> it just it just seems very like a lot of effort a lot of effort and the harder she tries it's almost like one of those finger traps right like the harder you try the more stuck you get and that's how I would describe Lady Gaga I think her most inspired thing that she's done since the telephone song with Beyonce was when she did the Tony Bennett stuff and she was good in um, that movie that movie about the woman with the headaches no that's from the comeback that movie that she did with Bradley Cooper A Star is Born in the first half of it but then in the second when she was just kind of stripped down and she worked and she had to throw out the garbage and stuff like that was great I liked that but then it kind of fell apart her performance fell apart when she became Lady Gaga in the second half because it was just channeling that part of Gaga that to me is just I cannot get into I can't get into it and I will not and I will not but she, I mean, she has some good lyrics. She does, she's a good lyricist. I like that. And she's a good singer. I mean, she hasn't written anything like this. <clears throat> Packing a Musket by Jerry Blank. <clears throat> <laughs> when you work from your home and John's call on the phone, you're, you're a call, a call girl. girl. When you walk to your limp and give a cut to a pimp, you're, you're a, a street whore. whore. When they're begging you please to get down on your knees near their groinage, excuse me, but you see, don't you touch where they pee without, without coinage. coinage. Thank you, Jerry. That when was... I straddle and squat to show you my... All right, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to put that away. We're going to put that away. Don't, don't play it. Don't play it. Actually, what... Okay. So other stuff that I had to talk about, talk about Taylor Swift. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is, oh, oh, here, I know what I had to look up. So there's that guy who's in the House of Representatives named Ted Yoho, who called AOC, who I love. I love AOC. He called her a fucking bitch and disgusting in front of the press because... AOC said that there is a connection between the spread of COVID and poverty. Oh, yeah. What a disgusting human being. I mean, isn't that common sense? If you don't have as much food, then you're eating most of your food out of boxes and cans and processed foods and and uh, and, and fast foods. And I know this as a genetically predisposed type 2 diabetic, okay, from my 23andMe's, so don't challenge me. So they've already shown lots of links between obesity and COVID. And one of the um, biggest risk factors, if you have COVID, of having to be put, put on a respirator or being lethal is obesity. And by the way, if, you're, if you don't have a lot of money, you probably can't afford effective PPE. You can't take time off of work you have to go into work right even if you feel sick because you can't miss paychecks and your rent is due and all this other stuff so it just seems common sense so i don't understand this man ted yoho what a horrible name it's like that um coonrod name where it just like their names just sound like bumpkins and um and so he called her a fucking bitch in front of the press and so she got up and she did this uh excellent retort in the house and, and it basically read him to filth and it was great it was almost like the library is open but didn't really wasn't attacking him was just saying how messed up misogyny is and how how would he like somebody to treat his daughter the way which i that seems kind of like a cliche way to respond to it but i i appreciated her acknowledging it she's a very intelligent uh, person i just i i um, am very drawn to her this guy ted yoho reminds me if any of you are fans of the office here i'm gonna try to pull up his picture he looks like Todd Packer from The Office. So here I'm going to show you a picture of Ted Yoho, and then we just have to listen to Todd Packer. Okay, there he is. Okay. Images. 
He just looks like he goes to Chili's every other night, drinks too much, and then tries to take the server home. Just, okay. Now let's look at Todd Packer. Maybe. Maybe. Well, we'll see. This is Ted I, Yoho. I, I don't know if it's a... Well, come on! Hey. One has two thumbs and likes to bone your mom. <laughs> this guy! <laughs> You are so bad. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Oh, it's Ted and Todd. Ted and Todd Packer Yoho. Oh, oh, this guy is out of control. He is a madman. Better get the bleep button ready for him. <laughs> What's up, Halpert? Uh -oh. Still queer? Uh -oh. <laughs> Todd Packer and I are total BFF. Best friends forever. He and I came up together as salesmen. One time we were out and we met this set of twins. Set of twins. Packer told them that we were brothers. And so, you know, one thing led to another and we brought him back to the motel. And then Packer did both of them. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> this guy is totes Todd Packer. Ted Yoho, Todd Packer. Okay. Great A gossip for you right now. Randall, mm. CFO, mm. resigned. Nobody knows why. Are you kidding? Everyone knows why. You don't know? Okay, check this out. All right. What? So here's the story. Yeah. So Randall is nailing his secretary, right? And she's totally incompetent. Really? Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy one. <laughs> We're talking blonde incompetent, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Like uh, 10 words a minute talking. Well, to be fair, blondes, brunettes, you know, there are a lot of dumb people out there. Right. They are women, right? <laughs> oh, wow! I didn't say it! I didn't say it! I said it! And then, suddenly, for no reason, this bimbo blows the whistle on the whole thing just, just to, to be a bitch. Oh, wow, what did I tell you about the bleep button? Hey, um, what has two thumbs and he's done? This guy. Halbert! Tall, queer, handsome as ever. Hey, everybody, it's me, Jim. <laughs> hello, hello, Todd Packer. Karen Filippelli, Jim's girlfriend. Shut up. Yep. Shut it. That's rude. Either this chick is a dude or Halpert got scared straight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just stopped watching this. Sorry. I get sucked into the office. I got sucked into the office. Um, okay, so person, woman, man, camera, TV. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Do I get bonus points? Do I get a bonus point points? Uh, Mitch McConnell said they'd rush a judicial confirmation if something happened to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's gross. You know, because after they blocked Merrick Garland, I just, I just don't understand how. How you could be so intellectually dishonest. I just don't get it. They are a scourge. They are. Ugh. At any rate, at any rate. Um, so th the last thing that I want to talk about before I go, because I do have to walk my dog and that's not a euphemism for sexual things, is I want to talk about how difficult it is. I've already, I've already hinted at it being a 44 year old, middle age, sissy bottom in the age of COVID. Nobody, nobody swipes right on me. Nobody. I will go through on, what do you call it? The Tinder. And I swipe, I mean, I don't swipe right on many people, but I never match with anybody, which means that I've reached the point where every single person that I'm even mildly attractive, attracted to has absolutely no interest in swimming in my fish pond. Okay which that may be a reason why I'm so perpetually single because I refer to my bathing suit area as my fish pond, okay? But that is, um, that's what it's like. It's dating in the age of COVID. And it's not going, it's going nowhere fast. It's going nowhere very, very fast. 
so what is on the horizon for me? I cannot believe it's July 29th. It feels like a blink of an eye that it was just July 4th, and now it's almost August. And I don't, um, I don't really have anything planned. It's just lockdown. It's just lockdown until there's a vaccine. And the second there's a vaccine, I'm going to, I, I'm going to be a drag queen named Vaccine Waters, reclaiming my bar time because I miss going to bars so much. I did post a wall of text on Facebook where I discussed how much I miss going to bars and and the special place that gay bars hold in the gay community. And it's not the same thing as straight bars. It's not. It's not. I've been going to gay bars every week, really, for the most part, since I was 18 years old. And, and, eight, and gay bars are kind of like a church to me. It's where I go in the same way that people go to church and they're around people who um, they feel connected to on some fundamental level. But it's not being gay is kind of like my religion, right? Because it's not, it's really not just about sexuality. Being gay connects people regardless of if they have sex or not. Just kind of like a religion does. And it's a, gay bars give us a place to congregate and to come together. And much the same way you see these Christians who are outraged that they can't come together as if they can't worship at home. That's how I feel, except I'm not demanding that bars be open. All I'm, the, the point that I'm trying to make is just that I miss being able to um, share space with people who I feel a kinship with. I do. I do. Because I'm now at 130 I think seven days of lockdown and in some ways it's a lot easier than I anticipated it would be I'm keeping myself occupied but in other ways it's it's more difficult here's what it's like you you kind of tell yourself okay because I'm and it may be different if I were in a relationship or lived with somebody or but that's not the case. I haven't even seen a friend in that long, other than on the computer, digitally, through FaceTime or Zoom. But, like, I'm sorry, talking to a friend on Zoom doesn't feel like I'm hanging out with a friend. It feels like a business meeting. So I tell myself, I'm fine, I'm fine, oh my gosh, I'm doing so fine. But I think what's really happening is, is that there's this well of loneliness, to borrow a phrase, that, that is um, collecting all of this sorrow. And I just hope that there is a vaccine or a treatment sooner than later, which I know is not a profound statement, but it's the statement that I need to give right now. That is the statement. I feel like I should leave with some outro music like I normally would do in my podcast, but I don't know what song to do. I don't know what song. I was talking about, what's her name? Oh, let's do this. Let's do Amy Locaine, who was on Melrose Place, the original. And I just realized, because she is in a lot of trouble for years ago, drinking and driving and um, killing somebody, as she should be. But I didn't realize Amy Locaine was the female protagonist in that movie Crybaby with Johnny Depp, but she is. She's the one who sings Please Mr. Jailer. So I think that's a good way to end things.
Hold on, what's it doing? What's it doing? Play.